When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. <laughs> right. This is a pilot episode. It's exciting times. Right. Okay. Welcome to that Chelsea podcast. I'm Nick Williams and that other beautiful handsome mug on the screen <laughs> is Jack Davies. Hello, everyone. Right. This podcast... It's been something I've been thinking about for a while, and I've finally got around to it. So we're going to basically be talking all things Chelsea and Premier League. Right. I'm going to start off with, obviously, this week, or week just gone, Chelsea announced the signing of Timo Werner from RB Leipzig. He's had a phenomenal season, 32 goals for Leipzig this season. It's an area of the pitch where Chelsea have struggled putting the ball in the back of the net. Jack, first reactions to the news that we've got someone who can put the ball in the net. We're not going to be losing 1-0 at home to Bournemouth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, honestly, buzzing with that. Hopefully, hopefully, hopefully it'll be all right. Hopefully it won't flop. But um, I think just to have someone who has that capability to score that many goals, we haven't had anyone like that since Costa. Um, and we've we've had that in periods before Costa as well, like people like Torres, etc. Just didn't hit the ground running, didn't didn't live up to the expectations. So if he can if he can pull any numbers like those in the Premier League next year, then that's going to be a top signing for for that amount of money as well for forty nine million or whatever it was. Um, that yeah could be could be a bit of a a very good bit of business by us. Because what Werner also does, he provides a lot of versatility to this Chelsea team. We've already signed Hakim Ziyech as well from Ajax. The options Frank's got next season are really exciting. You've got the potential to play two up top with Tammy and Werner. You can also play Werner out wide. Potentially have a front three of Ziyech, Werner and Tammy. You can have Pulisic, Werner and Tammy with Ziyech, Ziyech playing deeper. Um so yeah, that's a very, very exciting sign of what things to come. And from the sounds of it, Chelsea's transfer business isn't finished then. Isn't finished there, sorry. 
you've got other teams looking Spurs and Arsenal fighting over Willian, while Chelsea <laughs> Chelsea look like they're going to keep spending the money. There's also obviously been the links to Ben Chilwell and Kai Havertz uh, recently. Lampard, a big fan of Ben Chilwell. With Jack, with Chelsea signing Ziyech and Werner, attacking wise, we're looking pretty solid for next year. Where else do you think that Frank needs to strengthen this squad? Um, yeah, obviously, like I say, left back. I think that's uh, that's an essential. Uh, bit of the structure that needs to <laughs> needs to be replaced. Um Alonso, he's good going forward to be fair to him. He and he's he he's scored some important goals for us this year, but the bloke can't defend. Um yeah. and then I don't rate Emerson at all. Whenever he comes on, I yeah, I don't think he I don't think he's any good. So I think that's definitely definitely the main one. I've like you said, chill well that would that would be a good sign in. I just think, though, with him being English, we'll probably have to play, pay more money for him um, rather than if we went for someone like um, Tagalafico, is it? Yeah, from Ajax. yeah, yeah. Um, and I, I'd still bring in, I think I'd still, if, if we've got the funds, I'd still think I'd bring in a centre-back as well. Oh, 100%. Um, um, yeah, I'd... Yeah, I don't think Frank knows. He doesn't know what his um, best pairing is at all. We've switched it around so much this year, and that's a key position in your team that you need to sort out. Like, look at Liverpool as soon as they got Van Dijk and got the goalkeeper in as well. But that provides the backbone to a team. So that's that's the other area I'd, I would um, strengthen. And I think, like you said, the midfield options. Frank's going he's got a lot a lot of decisions to make, which is a good thing uh, next year with with um the signings of like people like Ziek and Werner. Then you've got people like Gilmore coming through, Loftus Cheeks fit again. So yeah, I I wouldn't I don't think I'd bother getting any anyone else like midfield wise. So I think it's yeah, it's just the defence because we have leaked goals this year. So Oh honestly our defending at times this season has just been laughable. Yeah. So, I agree 100%. I think the problem we've got with our centre-backs is we don't have a leader amongst those centre-backs. I think you, being, you know, Tony Rudig is probably the most vocal at the back there. And I, mm-hmm. I still think he's just a bit rash. I think him and Zuma, which Lamps has seemed to settle on times, I just think that's a disaster waiting to happen. They're both, I just both think, I think they're so rash. Yeah. I think what we need is a Van Dyke or someone like a Van Dyke, and then you can put a Rudiger or a Tamori next to him because I think that's what Tamori needs to be on someone he's a leader that's when you look back to the two titles most two recent title wins or the first one we had JT and then we had Gary Cale next to him a lesser player but JT obviously brought out the best of him and again at the time this is when Zuma came in as well you had Mm -hmm. the experience of JT and then in 16-17 that back line was heavily heavily protected yeah so look, I think, yeah, definitely. Well, I'd love for us to sign someone like Kai Havertz just because, you know, it's another quality young player to add to this mm-hmm. exciting Chelsea team. I think that's a bit of a luxury at this point. I think we yeah. need to look at look at centre-back. Again, left-back. I love Marcus Alonso to bits, but the bloke can't defend. Mm-hmm. And um, look, 
I'm happy to be honest if we just wheeled him out for his yearly games against Spurs and Arsenal because he always seems to do well against them. And then he can stay on the bench the rest of the time. <laughs> and then Yeah, no, out of out of the two I'd I'd keep Alonso if he was willing to stay and sit on the bench rather than keep Emerson. Well, I, but I, I, I could see it being the other way around. I genuinely yeah. don't get him. He started off the season okay. Mm. But I the bloke can't really defend and he doesn't really offer anything going forward. Yeah. And also I fear with him he's Chelsea we've had, you know, issues with the Brazilians with Louise and William falling out with Conte. With Emerson as well, is there a risk of bringing disharmony into the squad? I don't know, but I Juventus Sorry, seems to that seems to be a link Juventus for Emerson or Alonso. So, yeah, I guess we'll see. And then if if we're dreaming, if we're dreaming, I guess we've got to see how Kepa finishes the season. But I think if you want to win a title, you can't. You've got to have a better keeper than him. Yeah, if I agree. Pretty much any shot on target is a goal against him. Mm. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if he can um, pick it up next year. Be very interesting. Because, like you said, he's not been good enough. No, and he's already been... If you think in his Chelsea time as well, he's already been dropped twice from the starting eleven last year, obviously, under Sarri after what happened in the League Cup final. Yeah. And then this year, by, this year by Frank. So he's already, you know, doubt, there are doubts about I think as well it's because he... He knows, like, Caballero's the second keeper and he's not not good at all so I think he knows even though he plays shit he's and even there, though Frank yeah. dropped he knows he's still going to come back in there's no no one like really pushing him but obviously you're not going to pay yeah. as much money yeah. and have that player on the bench um, if you were to get another keeper sort of thing yeah, yeah. no, 100% agree obviously you know Anana has been one that's been linked Nick Pope um, again he's sort of one of those there don't seem to be that many top, top goalkeepers out there. It's probably, it's probably again, similar to the left-back situation, to be honest. You're looking at Ben Chilwell, if Chelsea get the money they're going to be paying, is probably similar to Harry Maguire fee, mm-hmm. which isn't really worth it, but it's what, it's Leicester, they've got the, all the power in that position. So, and again, similar to centre-back, are there that many top, top-class centre-backs out there? Mm-hmm. Chelsea yeah. don't seem to be linked with them. There don't seem to be many in general that I can think of being linked. So we'll have to see what happens there. But I do think Chelsea can pull away. With you know, we've already made good signs. But I think the firepower we've got. A lot of the games we've dropped points in this year are games that we should hopefully be winning next year. Yeah. And, you just think about man of the late goals we've conceded or soppy goals that have cost us games. I mean, we've been in the top four all season, pretty much from October, mm-hmm. and we're only three clear or two clear, yeah. sorry, the stands of, of United and Wolves. So obviously, that was so, only because everyone else was losing as well. We were dropping points left, right, centre, and everyone else was dropping points it, as it well. It honestly That's just feels like the there. end of last season's just continued when no one wanted to get top four. Yeah. After, after us, like, looking really good in October and November. Ever since yeah. then, it's like everyone else has just decided, is it <laughs> worth it all? Right, uh, I'm going to go moving on to recapping the season because football has had a long break. 
been over 100 days since Chelsea have last played the game. So we're going to quickly recap the season. Frank's first game, 4 0 loss at Old Trafford. It's not a 4 0 game, but it, it sort of is a game that just sums up Chelsea's season, not taking chances and being punished. Yeah. Uh, that was followed up by his first home game, the Leicester game, one after it was, came after a brilliant effort in the Super Cup where we lost on penalties. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the end, the players were just knackered second half and we held on for a draw. First, win- oh, That was very promising, though, that, um, yeah. that Super Cup game. That- oh, yeah, I think you're gonna, we're going to talk about three games against Liverpool this year, arguably in three of our better performances. Mm-hmm. And we're pretty unlucky to lose, both, like, lose two of them. Obviously, the mm-hmm. first one on penalties. And the game at Stamford Bridge, we were all over them second half. Yeah. It was just two goals given away from set pieces, which has been our Achilles heel this, <laughs> this season. Uh, so, as you mentioned, Chelsea did go on a great run in sort of the end of September towards the end of November, winning six games in the league in a row. Uh, we, won in, we won Ajax in the Champions League, which is very impressive as well. Uh, form dipped, as has been the case with Chelsea this season. Form has dipped with some very disappointing results, losing to West Ham at home, losing to Bournemouth at home, losing 3-1 at Everton under Duncan Ferguson. You just knew that was going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and then... Chelsea sort of out of nowhere pulled out the performance of the season when we went to Spurs and won 2 0. We then followed that up by losing 2 0 at home to Southampton. <laughs> then being absolutely abysmal for the first half at Arsenal before stealing it at the end, winning 2 1 post a Tony's late goal. <laughs> and then in January, it's just been really inconsistent. Some really good performances. Burnley, for example, then losing to Newcastle in the last minute. Um, beating. Getting a good draw at Leicester in the league before VAR did us over big time against United. Yeah. Beating Spurs at home, followed that. Another great performance, arguably the two best performances of the season against Spurs. Bayern yeah. obliterating us in the Champions League. Not really even playing at anywhere near 100% of what they could be. It was frightening. And then, yeah, we picked up after we had two really good performances. I think mean, the Liverpool FA Cup game and Everton in the league game showed there were promising signs, yeah. a lot of promising signs, especially with the emergence of a certain Mr. Billy Gilmore, who we'll get onto a bit later. So that's the season so far. I'm going to ask you, who's your player of the season? I think this is a pretty tough question because I don't think we've really had anyone that consistent for a long enough. Yeah, time. I I wouldn't say anyone's really been. Stand out, stand out, but um, I'd go for Kovacic. I think playing in the sentiment, cent- central, central midfield role. Um, I think maybe he looks better as well because we're comparing to what we saw him last year, and he was not good last year at all. I was like, what we brought this bloke in for? The thing is, we go quickly but, back to last year, though. He was so restricted in his play. Yeah, that's I what I was about. Yeah. If it's all, again, it's all the same with Jorginho. Sorry, Crystal Palace had just scored a free kick. I've got the Bournemouth Palace game on the background, Milivojevic. But um, you, you looked at Kovacic last and you see he, he just glides with the ball. He, he drives yeah. with the ball, brings it forward, but he wasn't doing that last year under Sarri. It was very much the, part, the triangles, pass and move, part bit. It was just so slow and laboured, but we've definitely seen he's a completely different player under Frank. Yeah, completely. And like you said, I think that's all down to Sari not allowing him to express himself, etc. Just telling him to do this job. 
Um, but yeah, he's he's been my player of the season, definitely. Yeah, again, I'll just quickly go back to that. If you think about last year, the only attacking players or attacking player who really had much joy was Hazen. He was basically just ignoring Sari Ball and playing his own <laughs> playing his own game. So that sort of says it all. Yeah, no, I think Kovacic is probably the most consistent. I'd have if you said at a halfway point, I'd have I'd have said Tammy had a good shout. He's done very yeah. well in his first season leading the line. Unfortunately, he's had injuries the second half season, which has come from him basically playing a lot of games due to Batshuayi just being Batshuayi. Yeah. And Frank's perhaps lack of trust in Giroud, which we've now seen probably was a mistake, but yeah, he's hopefully learned from that. And that'll be, again, another interesting discussion for later, whether Giroud starts mm-hmm. against Aston Villa. Again, I think... I Tamori, again, I just said he had a bright start. He sort of faded a bit. But again, understandable, his first season of Premier League football. Willian, I think, deserves a mention. You know, he might, the stats might not look amazing. Five goals, four assists. I mean, for Willian, five goals is quite good. But, <laughs> but I think he has, you look at some of the, you know, games, he has made an impact. That Spurs game, uh, honestly, I think that's probably the best performance I've seen in him in a Chelsea shirt. So he deserves a mention. He's, again, he's just a very fr- can be a very frustrating player to watch, William. But he's his yeah. technical ability is second to none, unreal. Like his touches, like his quick shifting of his body. That's what he's best at. He goes one way, see you later, straight past. But I don't think he he's yeah like, he's not consistent enough. Doesn't do it enough. Um, yeah. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see if he if he agrees a new deal or if he's off in the summer or yeah. in a few weeks maybe yeah exactly and then again I guess I'll just give a final shout out to Mason Mount I, I, I think the kid's brilliant I really do mm. he's not people look at him and they you know because obviously the comparisons to Frank they look at the numbers and he'd want those numbers higher and he had a really good start to the season and there has but you've definitely been a drop off but it's just the energy he brings to that team it's you know yeah. I think works well, hard not just about his goals it's about that energy he brings to the team and again I'll, it'll probably be something I half on quite a lot but I think it's a couple of his best performances the Spurs away game and Spurs home game he just ran that defence ragged of constantly getting in behind putting dangerous balls across he was yeah but again I agree with you Kovacic probably been the most consistent player yeah. of the season so far so again I'm on the polar opposite side of that I'm going to go for the player who you who's disappointed you the most or you expected more from? Um, I think that's, that's an, there's an easy standout there and that is Kepers, the goalkeeper. Yeah. Um, for us paying 72 million world record transfer fee for a goalkeeper, he's, yeah, just yeah. not, not being good enough this year at all. Cost us quite a few points, mistakes here and there. Frank's even dropped him. Um, yeah, that's that. That's the one that uh, sticks out to me. He's the goalkeeper. Oh, no, 100% agree. I mean, Batshuayi, I don't know why. He just comes up with clutch moments and I think, <laughs> oh, you can be something so special. But I think we've all kind of given up on him. Yeah. Given up he, on him. He's one of those, like, I, I want him to do well so badly. Oh, 100%. Like, and I love his goals, attitude. But... He's like, seems such a nice guy. Mm. Like, so fun loving, but it's just, yeah. He's not yeah. got much other than being able to stick the ball in the back of the net. 
which oh, isn't any good if you can't like you know like he's just a poacher really he's not got much no. to it again that, that goal against united uh in the in the cup i think was that was a good goal that, again uh, he's so much you know that's what he's capable of but we just don't yeah. see it mm-hmm. we don't see it and again it's, hard. Think, it's just hard because i think um Maybe he needs a longer run in the team. Like it's hard to make it. I know what it's like playing football. It's hard to make an impact coming off the bench for ten minutes, etc. Yeah. Each week, but then when he has been given a chance, he has he doesn't take it. So, oh no, exactly. He had uh, a, I think the United game this year. Yeah, a good chance early on at nil nil. I think, and he he put it wide. Yeah, again, final again, final one for play. This point, you expect him more. I don't know if I expect him more from him because I never really rated him. But Emerson, I just don't. As I said earlier, I don't think he's a great player, and hopefully that'll be one we can sort out or move on at the end of the season. Uh, go to moment of the season so far. There have been a few really, really good moments. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple, a couple stick out for me would be the. Um, away game at Ajax in the Champions League. Um, just just to have Champions League football back for us was that's it's so special. Um, and scoring a late goal away from home, yeah, I don't think anything beats that. Um, yeah, that and was then, a real coming of age performance from that team yeah. as well because we'd not in the big games we'd not matched up. We'd played quite well, but we'd lost, and that was a sign that yeah we can get the result. Exactly. Yeah, and then, then I'd say the uh, game at the Emirates that we were both at. Um, yeah, I was. I, yeah, I remember at halftime talking to a few people around me. Everyone was, "This is terrible. We were playing so badly." And then, and then after the break, just changed. It just changed. And then, um, well, more more so when Jorginho scored. Um, yeah. And. Maybe, maybe in some years you would have seen us get that goal and then hold on for the draw. But you remember Jorginho. That's why Jorginho is good. He's a. I can. You can tell he's a leader. He. I remember he ran, grabbed the ball straight away, straight back to the kickoff. Oh yeah, because they they game, felt yeah. we could go and win that game. And and it. And honestly, if you don't, if that game had been under sorry last year, I'm going to bash him a lot on this podcast. I apologize. I don't, I don't like him that much. I don't really rate him. But last year, as soon as we went one nil down, you pretty much knew it was game over. We weren't coming back from yeah. it. And it's the typical Kovacic for Barkley. Oh, exactly. So, bringing Zappa Costa on when you need a goal was like and <laughs> the most doing? iconic substitution in Chelsea history: two 0 down to United in the cup into the last <laughs> ten minutes. Says so as Filiqueta goes off, Zappa Costa comes on. Oh, what a moment. And I was there for it. What a moment. Um, yeah, look, again, I'll just add to, add to that. I've said the Spurs away performance. I've, on it, like, we played really well against Liverpool in the Cup and Everton as well just before break. I think that Spurs performance is the best performance from the boys this season. Yeah. It's also, I think, one of the best Chelsea away performances against a big, a big team. I can remember in a long time we were so dominant in that game hmm. and you look at the attacking quality that Spurs have got in their team they didn't offer anything and considering the problems our defence has had this year yeah that was just a real nice to get one, nice to get one over Jose as well so no exactly Frank's the only manager to ever beat him twice in the same season so <laughs> 
good one, Frank. And then again, I'll give uh, a then final one. I've got to do this because this is one of the most craziest games of football I've ever seen. The Ajax 4 4 of a bridge. Like that was, it was a surreal experience as well because obviously Ajax, Ajax didn't have any away fans in because they were banned due to like crowd trouble. And it was just eerie silence every single time Ajax scored. And at four one down, you're just thinking, "Oh my, this this." I, I was honestly fearing this. We could have a Spurs Bayern situation on our hands. Mm-hmm. And then Dave gets a goal back. It's four two, and then that crazy instant when they get two red cards in like the same passage of play, which they late admit, "Yeah, you back can't happen. That was a mistake." Jorginho, mm-hmm. cool from the spot, four three. Reese James, a couple of minutes later, lashes it in four four. Matthew Harding lower that end just fell. That was honestly unbelievable. And then, and then we think we've won it. It's five four, and then it gets disallowed. That moment, oh, gutting. What could have been? Gutting. What could have been? So for sure, my moments of the, definitely some more of my moments of the season so far. Right, moving on. We briefly mentioned him earlier. Due to obviously COVID, the season has been extended, but player contracts which were due to expire at the end of May, obviously, or June, sorry, we're in June now. A couple of players who that is an issue to are Willian and Pedro. Uh, Pedro and Willian did start, have started the last two, did start the last two games before the lockdown, the Liverpool game in the Cup and Everton in the league, where both actually scored. So, Jack, obviously we've heard Pedro has, in, sort of in principle, agreed a deal with Roma. How big a blow do you think it would be to not have these two available for the full campaign. But for the rest of this campaign. Yeah. Um, yeah. I th- someone like Pedro hasn't played as much football this year, but he's one of those players who's he's won everything. He's got all the experience. And I bet I bet he's a really good player for the youngsters to learn off. So I think that's yeah, damaging for the youngers, not being able to learn off him if he's off at the end of this month. Um and I'll just, I'll just say he's been a great servant to the club. He's, oh, what a he's, he's been. Yeah, scored some huge goals. goals. When we won the league in 16-17, scored some massive goals. Um, yeah, no, he's been he's been he's been class. Um, and if if they both if they both off, then it it does leave us a bit short um, yeah. in those in those uh, areas on the wing. So. It will, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what Frank does to um, botch that up, sort of thing. Yeah, two 0 Palace, by the way, they've just scored again. Um, yeah, no, look, agree, agree, with Pedro. I think look again briefly looking back at that sixteen seventeen season. Obviously, this you know players that got the main attention were were Kante his first season and the impact he had on that team. Yeah. Eden Hazard and Diego Costa, but you sort of look that the supporting cast of that as well. Pedro came up with some big goals. Some big, big goals. You think he got? He scored against, I believe, Spurs in the league that year. He scored that crucial stunner away at Everton. You know, there's nil-nil, and that set us on our way. He scored some big goals. He's uh, he's unreal with both feet. Oh, he's so good. He's so good. Everyone everyone says that in training. They've said, they've said, if it's on his left foot, it's in the back of the net. On his right foot, it's in the back of the net. I think. I think. I think Guardiola said he's the second best finisher he's ever seen after Messi. Yeah, yeah. I, I remember. I remember like being at the games, like by the pitch back in the day, and 
watching him in the warm-ups and yeah, he would just clatter the ball in every time. Yeah. Yeah. Now, definitely. I look, again, I'd love Pedro. Look, I'd love them both to stay to the end of the season, but obviously they've got to think about, you know, perhaps approaching the end of their career. They've got to think about, you know, then that final big deal. They don't want anything to scupper it. If we, if you had to ask, if I could only keep one of them, I, I would keep Willian just because he's been used a lot more for us this year, yeah. and also the fact that we've got Pulisic now back from injury, Ruben back from injury, and Ruben's been, I think been used wide in some of the in the friendly games, so that's perhaps an option there as well. So oh, look, I'd love to have them both, but yeah, hopefully that we've got till I think middle of next week to get that sorted. So hopefully. Maybe something can come to regards with maybe William, but I guess we'll have to wait and see. Well, the football has returned, Premier League has returned, Chelsea return on Sunday. It feels like it's been forever, and I'm really, really excited to see the boys back in action. The big question is what would our starting 11 be for that first game back against Aston Villa? JD? Um, I'll still go Kepper and goal. Even though even though he's had a shocking season, he's miles better than Caballero. So yeah, I'd go Kepper in goal. Um, I I don't think Frank's not going to play Aspi. So I'd play I'd play Aspi left back, uh, Reese James right back, and then I think I'd probably go Tamori and Zuma centre back. But Tamori's injured actually, isn't he? Tamori's injured. So he's yeah. So. Uh, Probably, yeah, oh, I don't know. I'd go Rudiger, definitely. And then the other one would be a bit of a question okay. mark. Because like I said, Zuma and Rudiger's been a bit of a disaster class a few times this year. But, um, Although that yeah, was I don't know. What, is, died, is Christensen, right? is he injured as well? well? He's injured something in training, but he's fine. Okay. Yeah, I so say you, you mentioned Rudiger and Zuma. That was the pairing that Frank went with just before. Okay. So maybe we're maybe he's onto something there. We'll see. Yeah. Um, and then midfield three, I go Kante. Well, Jorginho suspended, so yeah, I go Kante, and then Kovacic, and I'd play Ruben. Ooh, um, okay. As much no, as much as Gilmore uh, really impressed before the break. I don't know. I think I'd I think I'd bring him off the bench in the second half. Um, mm-hmm. Okay, and then front three, uh, Pulisic, Abraham, I think, and Willian on the right. I think. Fair enough. Right, I agree with you with the back four. I do think Marcus Alonso will play at left back though, and I think Aspi will play right back. I've just got a feeling Reece yeah. on the bench, which I don't think is a bad bench option. No, 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 of course not. And he's very versatile. We see he can play in midfield as well, so that's for an option. Again, with Jorginho suspended, I think he's going to start Gilmore. And I hope he starts Gilmore because I think he does. I'm don't, not discrediting Jorginho because he is a good player, but I think he just does Jorginho's job a bit better and a bit quicker. And he's a lot more agile than him. Mm-hmm. So I'd start Gilmore. I think it's too... Bear in mind, Ruben's not played competitive sure. football for over a year. We have seen how you know Arsenal have already lost three players to injury since since the restart. Sure. So I'd be wary with him. I'm gonna go with Mason Mount in that midfield. 
I think in, again, the small, against the small teams, I like him in that midfield. And then this is a tough one because I don't, again, I'm just a bit wary of Kante with the injury issues he's had and yeah. the fact that he was, you know, didn't return to training at the same time as the other boys. So I'm, again, I'm wary of starting him, although to be fair, I've got a feeling Frank will start him, but I'm going my team. This is going to sound controversial. I'm going to start Ross for Boss Barkley oh, in midfield, oh. the Scouse Maradona. And again, <laughs> because he started the last two games before lockdown, he was doing good. <laughs> and again, I'm sort of wary of Gilmore and Kovacic on the pitch at the same time. Yeah. Again, like, I'm not the biggest fan of Kovacic and Jorginho playing at the same time. So I'd, I'd perhaps have Kovacic. On the bench, but again, I've got a feeling he's midfield three is going to be Gilmore, Kante and Kovacic tomorrow, but we'll see. And then up front, I think I'm the same as you. I would go Willian, Pulisic and Abraham. Again, Giroud's done well before the lockdown. But I think just get Tammy back and especially, I mean, I guess Tammy's not a bad option off the bench with tiring legs late on, but I would start Tammy. And he scored against him in the reverse fixture of the bridge. So, yeah, against the... Old old club as well. It'll yeah, want to prove something at Villa Park? No, no, I agree. I agree, a hundred percent. Right, so that's our team for Villa. Right, the Premier League has restarted, and we will get onto that in a minute. But I think it's important because there are a lot more important things to life than football, which we've seen go on in the world the last few months. Uh, so I just give. I think what Chelsea have done during the the pandemic has has been brilliant. They've what other clubs have put put you know their staff on furlough. Chelsea have can said they pay their full their staff fully till the end of the season and on. Uh, the Millennium Hotel, which is the hotel outside the ground, that's been open for NHS staff. Uh, yeah. They've donated, but I think there's a stat. I think I'm not sure how accurate it is now. It might be more than that. There's about seventy eight thousand meals to NHS staff. Chelsea have donated to various uh, charities. Uh, you've had, we've seen with Chelsea, uh, some players joining, talking to the fans. We've seen, uh, as a video of Frank talking to an NHS worker. There was Rudiger and Giroud crashing a Zoom call, <laughs> a family Zoom call, and Mason Mount getting chatted up by an older woman. So <laughs> that's been brilliant. Uh, the Chelsea, Chelsea, all the Chelsea stuff, Chelsea with their foundation and all their online courses, etc. Online helping with online teaching, and the Chelsea women's team who won the WSL on points per game after that was ended. Uh, they donated all their prize money to the charity Refuge, which Chelsea partnered up with, and that is a charity that uh, to do with domestic abuse. Because obviously, again, with a pan with a pandemic, everyone in lockdown. Isolation domestic abuse has been on the rise. So mm. Chelsea again just brilliant in what they've done. And again, Chelsea's been brilliant in the past with their work on say no to anti-Semitism and a, a, a cause that the owners uh very, very uh feels very, very strongly about. So Joe, I was just gonna get obviously we love you know watching the boys and we love the success that you know being a Chelsea fan brings back. Also it must feel like a real good feeling and real real proud of the club that you know they do more stuff off the pitch as well yeah definitely what i would just say is we were literally one of the first 
first people to or first clubs to act um when the pandemic began like like you said opening the millennium hotel um for nhs staff and i think i think roman said it'd be open for three months and then more if needed yeah um so yeah i think it just the the pace that the club acted with um to make a difference um was yeah really really good and does it does definitely make you proud uh, supporting supporting the team uh, when they do things like this off the pitch, hundred percent. Right, no, no, agree completely. And obviously, the Premier League has returned. We've seen players take a knee in solidarity for Black Lives Matter. Obviously, we, you know, everyone has seen the news. What what's been going on in America? It's it's nothing short of disgraceful. But also, you know as much as perhaps we like to, you know, maybe bury problems, racism is also a massive, massive problem in England, as we have seen over the last, which sure come to light, especially the last couple of years, really. So again, just quick thoughts on, you know, showing solidarity for Black Lives Matter, because to me, you know, we've had Premier League sort of a yearly, you know, say no to racism, show racism, red card. To me, it's sort of just sort of felt like a token gesture. But this... Mm-hmm with the players taking a knee yeah. we've seen all the social media posts etc it feels like a seminal moment this and hopefully you know on the way to making a big big change yeah definitely that was um the Villa Sheffield United game the other day when they took the knee after the ref blew the whistle that was a powerful moment um just Think about how many people are watching that. The first Premier League game back, even though it was a terrible game, but the the audience watching that and everyone seeing that, um, the Premier League has the foundation and the, all the clubs uh, have the ability to make a difference um, with these things. Definitely. Yeah, no, no, agree, agree 100%, 100% with that. Um, Right, football has returned. Chelsea haven't played yet, but Arsenal have already lost twice. <laughs> David Luiz has been David Luiz. Oh. And all our rivals, except Wolves, unfortunately they won at West Ham today, all our rivals have dropped points in the top mm-hmm. four race. So, Jack, are we going to capitalise on it? Or is it going to be like the story of the season, everyone drops points and we do not capitalise on it? Yeah, that's what I was going to say. It's good. It's good the teams have dropped points for us, but you need to focus on yourself and win your own games. So, um, yeah, we'll soon find out. Like you said, like we've over the season we've put in big performances and then gone gone at home and lost two 0 to Southampton teams like this. So it's yeah, it's been frustrating, ups and downs the whole time. You just as you've got a win, you think we might be getting some momentum. You drop it off. Um, so if we get a, if we get a big win tomorrow, that'll be good going into the rest the last few games. Yeah, no, no, I agree completely. Chelsea do have quite a tricky running compared to some of our rivals. Mm-hmm. However, I do think the fact there's no crowds will actually be very beneficial to us. Just for a couple of reasons, too, because a lot of our players from the academy wouldn't you know used to playing in not necessarily big crowds in some games at Cobham with you know no one there yeah also in fact I think we've got 
a few, you know, a couple of London derbies, Crystal Palace away, West Ham away. There's no fans there. So mm-hmm. I, I think that that'd be a massive help to us. Again, I think we've got Sheffield United away. Again, they, they've had a phenomenal season, but again, with no fans, how big an impact will yeah. that make? And ultimately, I think we're a good footballing side. And without the influence of fans, I think with more technical teams, you'll see we'll probably win more of the games than perhaps they might have done earlier with the presence of fans. So we'll have to wait and see yeah. what happens there. Like even, even tomorrow, Villa Park, oh, historic ground, that, that would have been a, a game cagey that, place yeah. to go to. Yeah. No, right. 100%. I think that is all the debut podcast hopefully hopefully this goes well and people like it um <laughs> this will hopefully get posted relatively quickly we'll have to figure all this stuff out um yeah. jd it's been a pleasure we'll probably we'll talk tomorrow we'll probably you know be texting throughout the villa game stressing out wondering what what is going on but hopefully hopefully we we get the results so actually before we go I just press you for a score prediction for the villa game Oh, um, 3-1 oh, I was going to say 3-1 I was going to say 3-1 I've got a feeling I've got a feeling we might just pull away at the end yeah. yeah right so we're predicting a 3-1 Chelsea win which means obviously when we you next see us we're going to have lost to Villa in the last <laughs> minute or something ridiculous because all the other teams have dropped points and we failed to capitalise <laughs> but anyway we'll see you soon uh and uh, keep the blue flag flying high, everybody. Just Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey, Drew Scott here, and I'm Jonathan Scott, reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto. Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.